All right, real quick, people, before we get into today's show, we've just released a new course, Periodization for Periods, all around how to train women around their monthly cycle, and we've got it on special. If you're interested, click the link in the show notes. You are now listening to the Fitness Education Online Podcast, the podcast where fitness professionals go to grow their fitness business. If you're in the fitness industry, you'll find tips and strategies from proven business experts. Now, let's start the show. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fitness Education Online Podcast. I am super excited because we have our guest back from last week. Now, it's not like I'm out of guests and I've got no one left. So I'm like, ah, Mish is the only person, so we'll bring her on again. It's an important topic. Um, so we really wanted to make sure that we go into detail. And also, Mish has a course on this topic as well, training women age 50 plus, uh, which is on special. So if you're interested in this topic, check out the show notes. You'll see the course there. Um, Mish, welcome back again. Hello, and it's so good to be back with you, Jono. Yes, good to have you back. Now, if you listened to the episode last week, you're up to speed, you know who Mish is, you know what uh, menopause is, and you know a little bit about your role as a fitness professional. This week, we're going to really, um, really specify, say, hey, Mish is going to give us her top three tips. She touched on it a bit last week, but we're going to you know, really focus on them this week here. If you missed last week's podcast, you can go back and, and um, listen to it. But in a nutshell, Mish is one of the foremost educators, you know, in the fitness educators, you know, Australia. Well, she is the foremost um, fitness educator in Australia because she's the current Fitness Australia Educator of the Year. But specifically around this topic here is is one of her specialties. So, um, Mish, I think we just get into it. What's what's the number one thing you recommend every fitness professional should do if they're training women aged? Now we're saying thirty seven and up. Yeah, I touched on this last week that um, the average age of women going through menopause is 52, but we really want to start having these conversations late 30s and prepping women late 30s, early 40s. Gotcha. So, yeah, yeah. What's the first thing we should focus on or do as a fitness professional? Okay, uh, so I touched on this last week, um, and if you haven't listened to about my deep dive into estrogen and, and what it means, I really recommend going back and listening to last week's session. But that estrogen um, really does affect bone health. So it is absolutely important that um, there, you know, that and you're probably thinking, oh, you know, she's uh, painting the obvious, but having resistance training um, for perimenopausal women. Now, um, you're probably already including resistance training, but I think it to go that little bit further and also to set yourself up as a trainer, as an expert, as someone who has empathy and understanding for women going through perimenopause, even if this is not your lived experience, is your the twist that you have on it is that you're able to explain to your clients why this is so important. Yeah. You need to be building that bone density in order for it to um, stay high during that perimenopause time when estrogen dips 
bone strength will go down significantly as well. So the stronger bones are going into perimenopause, the best they're going to be post-menopause. So when I say post-menopause, when um, your client has been one year without a menstrual period. And this really does speak to osteoporosis. So osteoporosis is um, what they call a silent killer. And that is um, the statistics around, um, you know, having a fall, I, you know, having a fall when you're young is, you know, you have a trip, but you kind of get to 50 and it's now called having a fall. And, um, you know, it's kind of bugs me a little bit. But anyway, you know, most women don't find out that they actually have osteoporosis till they they trip and fall um, and they, they break a hip. Yeah. And um, and the statistics around them re-breaking bones and it leading to um, early into their life are just staggering so um and what um what you may or may not be aware of is that uh obviously we know that um resistance training strengthens bones but women who are really at risk of osteoporosis are ones that have calorie restricted and dieted um and overtrained for all of their life as well so, you know, um, we tend to say, oh, you look fabulous, mm. you know, but if they're going into um, perimenopause with that uh, lifelong habit of calorie restriction overtraining, they may be more at risk of bone density. Again, you don't have eyes on the inside. So having conversations around having a DEXA scan so that they can see the state of their um, of their bone strength. So um, resistance training, and then there's also really exciting research about um, impact training. So that's your kind of whole jumping. Now, of course, whenever you think about resistance training and jumping and having that, I just cracked my hands then, that was that noise, that impact training, um, great for bones, may not be so good for pelvic floor right so um so maybe you know making sure that pelvic floor is all good as well but finding ways to to get if it is an issue to get that um resistance training and and impact training and it might include uh, you know um in the water or um you know running up a hill as opposed to or you know walking up a hill is also going to um have that impact as well um and and having you know using those heavy weights pushing that resistance training but making sure that it's safely done so all the things I teach in all my courses, the exhale on exertion, um, maybe keeping the legs together, pushing through the big toes, having good good posture, or even sitting to take the pressure off the pelvic floor. So strengthening those big muscle groups, um, and but by doing it safely, so not impacting on pelvic floor. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome point there. So just to recap that. It's um, doing resistance training. Is it that? That's the one point. Resistance training and yeah, strength training yeah. for bones, for bone strength. Looking at bone strength. Awesome, awesome. All right. Point number two. 
Okay, so point number two is that, um, and I, I touched on this before in, in episode one, that um, women are really at risk of prolapse mm -hmm. when they're going through that perimenopause dance with that loss of estrogen. With the loss of estrogen is that loss of that um, elasticity that happens in, in all the um, fibres of muscles and fascia, etc. So women are really at risk, especially if they have a number of other um, uh, risk factors. So definitely if they have had children, if they've had, um, you know, birth intervention or, or traumatic birth, if they are carrying a little bit more weight, if they're smoking or suffer from hay fever, so that's the coughing, you know, if they build up, if they're doing heavy lifting, and I'm not talking about going to the gym, but maybe they're caring for someone or lifting their children or they're a baker or a farmer, you know, heavy or, or a nurse, you know, or someone that's lifting all the time and not lifting appropriately. These are all layering on different risk factors. And then you throw menopause or perimenopause into the, into the mix with that drop of estrogen. And sometimes it can be quite sudden. That will take a woman from pelvic floor coping, no prolapse to a prolapse. Or if they have a slight prolapse, they didn't even know and it wasn't really you know, bothering them. To, um, to having it so it's pushed outside their body. And, and let's just be clear, when you, when you have a prolapse that exits the body, so um, a recap on a prolapse, either uh, your, your bladder falls through the vaginal wall and out, the uterus falls down and out, or your bowel falls through and out. This is really uncomfortable. It can, you can stop women from, walking or just it just feels uncomfortable so if they're not turning back up you know you can see why a lot of women drop out of exercise when if what they're doing causes them to be uncomfortable for perhaps the rest of the day or ongoing there's lots that can be done there's lots of support that can be done um, with that both with your training so um, you know like I said before weight training, resistance training, impact training, they are all really, really important. But it might need a little, pelvic floor might need a little bit of extra support. So some ways in which, um, some really practical ways to support the pelvic floor is to train in the morning. The pelvic floor overnight, um, if there is a, a a prolapse it often retreats back into the body and you know because of gravity it doesn't have gravity pressing on it um, but over the day it can get worse so definitely training at the beginning of the day is really good and and then encouraging if, if prolapse symptoms are bad put, put their feet up um, at the end of the day you know think about what else is happening in their day to work with that um, obviously getting support from a pelvic health physiotherapist. There's so much that can be done. And if your client, um, if you've got the, have you managed to create the relationship with your client that they're able to tell you about this? First of all, 
I'm giving you a virtual high five now because you absolutely rock as a trainer. Um, you know, there is so much support that can be given to them as well through the help of a pelvic health physiotherapist. And this might be in terms of a pessary that can support their pelvic floor. Um, you know, we'd, we'd put a knee splint on our knee, wouldn't we, to support it if it was a bit, you know, dodgy and to enable us to work out and do what we, we want to do. A pessary can be seen as, um, as this as well. And obviously good quality pelvic floor muscle training. Um, which is still still vital. So absolutely caring for pelvic floor, understanding how to work with pelvic floor is just so vital. That's my point number two. Awesome. Couple of questions with that. So sure. I'd never heard of a pelvic floor physiotherapist till I met you, Mish. <laughs> I think even you used to refer to it as a women's is that this a women's health physio is yeah that, that's a that's a really good point uh Jono. do you know uh, you'll you'll will um appreciate this difference so they used to be called women's health physiotherapists and it's a okay. post-grad uh paper that physios do so okay. um so you know it's it's a specialist area of expertise but probably about i don't know 8 years ago they changed the name to pelvic health physiotherapist and that is because um men need yeah. this help too there yeah. are young men a growing number of young men i wouldn't just say young actually i just know of a literal examples that are that mm. I've been told of that are often young but where they are lifting inappropriate weight and and causing themselves to prolapse mm. so a rectal prolapse through um you know not great core control while lifting um lifting too heavy a weight and of course um with any prostate issues you know, so pelvic floor issues don't just affect women. So, um, you know, that's where they changed their name to pelvic health physiotherapist. But you're right, they are the same thing, but just a slight name change to be more inclusive. Gotcha. Now, a couple questions with that. Let's say a woman or a man, I guess, has um, prolapse and symptoms. Would they usually go to a GP? And would a GP send them to a pelvic health specialist? Or how does that Kind of, or yeah. with the trainer, do you send? Do you recommend they see a GP first who refers on, or how does that process kind of work? Yeah, what a great question. So it would all depend on the GP. Gotcha. Um, as to whether they um, whether they took it seriously, whether they had um, you know whether they knew what to do as mm -hmm. well. So it's a real range. I would um, make a relationship with a pelvic health physiotherapist and direct them there. But do you need, do you need a referral to go? Is it like a no? No, okay. So no, no. You can you you can just ring up and make an appointment. But what you can do is um, in Australia, you can get a care plan from your GP to um, help with the cost of it. Yeah. So in order to get a care plan you need to go to your GP and it has to be a chronic condition. So it has to be more than six months yeah. and you need to go to your GP and say, I want a care plan to see a pelvic health physiotherapist and that can help pay for it. So, um, 
um, and but what is really good is if and I, I just have to caveat this we've seen a lot of change and the Women's Health and Fitness Summit definitely was part of that revolution of getting uh, pelvic health physiotherapists and fitness professionals to mm. see their job as being more collaborative but there are still and this was my experience I was sent to a pelvic health physiotherapist about 18 years ago and I was a personal trainer I I needed to exercise to help me manage my mental health and cope with all the stress I had in my life at that time and her response to me was stop lifting stop running now I had a big fat baby boy oh my god he was huge so he was you know he was really heavy what he can't get into the car seat by himself and he was also a runner as well so you know if he's doing a runner I am sprinting so that that information was um really really not helpful and so just a um a word out there that not all pelvic health physios are the same. Our goal should be to keep women, to keep everyone active. And so finding one who wants to work with a woman's training goals is essential. So I really recommend um, either you find someone through, you know, asking around, finding out who's a good one, um, but you go and visit them. Go and pay for their time. And if you're a guy, um, still do it and say, I, I, you know, I train women. I know I train women who have had children and who are going through perimenopause. I know that, you know, 50% of them are at risk of prolapse. What do I need to know to, to help them? And can I start referring to them? You know, what kind of questions can I ask? And, and if you get some information, can you share it with me and build that relationship? You know, it might cost you, I don't know, uh, 80 bucks or whatever to go and see 80 to 120 dollars I don't know to go and see the pelvic health physiotherapist but how how much are they going to love you how much are they going to think that you are a serious trainer who has your client's best interests at heart I reckon referrals are uh will pay that 10 times over so you know, find out what the process is because if you're saying to uh, your client, look, I really think you should go and see a pelvic health physiotherapist, they're like, yeah, whatevs. Mm. But you'll say, oh, no, well, this is what you can do. You can go to your doctor. If price is an issue, you know, you can do this or you can just go along. I did it. Um, the woman on the front desk, she was really nice, you know, or, or you know, do you know what I mean? You've got that personal experience. Um, you know, this is where it is. You can kind of ask all those questions and I'm more likely to follow you up because that is exactly what you need um, to to support. Yeah. 100%. Well, I think, I think there's a big difference between saying, oh, yeah, Miss, you've got some prolapse symptoms, go and see a, a, a pelvic health specialist. And, oh, yeah, hey, Miss, you know what? There's actually this pelvic health specialist. You know, her name is Jennifer. She's awesome. You know, she's a good friend of mine. Go in there, say you know me. Here's her address. She'll look after you there. Like, it's worlds apart yeah. from, from both. And that's from just the client side of things. The client will be more likely to see, oh, a friend of Jono's. Oh, Jono's been there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. And then same from the other side as well. You know, you can have that referral network. If I'm sending Mish client after, or I'm sending Jennifer client after client after client, 
Jennifer's going to be like, oh, if I know it's someone that needs a trainer, I'm going to send them to Jono because he listens to my advice. Um, I know he's going to take care of that person. So there's that side of it there as well. And then you and then there's, there's learning from the pelvic health specialist. There could be collaboration there, you know. Great, Mish, so is there anything, Jennifer, is there anything I need to be careful of? What should I do? What should I not do? And you can learn that way there. So I think that's... Oh, totally, that learning. So um, my business, Mish Fit, that I ran, that I, you know, was a gold winner award from Fitness Australia, that was because I started that relationship with you know this is a long time ago <laughs> it, um, but we had a relationship now I learned so much from that now I'm not a pelvic health physio you know the amount of times women say to me can you fix my pelvic floor and it's like no I can't I I don't have the skills however I have trained other women who are in your situation and this is what I've learned that is totally within your scope of practice to have your anecdotal um, responses of um, not just kind of mm, grimacing and changing the subject because it's making you feel uncomfortable, you know, especially if you don't have lived experience um, saying, oh, you know, I've had other um, clients who have experienced that. They went and saw Jennifer and it really changed their life and they were able to do X, Y, Z. Again, the big difference, big yeah. difference from how you set yourself up professionally. And I'll give a tip there as well just, just for networking because this is something I, I still do a lot of today. Um, but especially when I was running boot camp as well, is the the conversation I would have or the email I would send is basically like, hey, Mish, you know, I've, you've been referred to me, you've been recommended to me, or, you know, I, I found you online. I actually run a local boot camp and I've got about 50 to 100 clients and I'm looking for a pelvic health specialist that I can refer them to. Is that something you'd be open to? If you position it like that, you know, like person's not going to say no, no to that. And then that starts the conversation, you know, hey, you know, I would like to book a session. Could I come in? Could I book it? Or, you know, do you want to do you want to catch up for a coffee? And then the other thing that I found worked really well as well is if you can also train them too. that was the best thing that I would I'll give a specific example. It's a little bit off topic, but it kind of makes sense. I wanted to also do that with a dietitian. So well, I was well, actually a few different things. No, I'll say it, it'll be easier with the physio, actually. So I did that, you know, I had the conversation with the physio. It was like, great, you know, if I want, um, and I would tell my clients, if you want to see a physio, go and see this this physio here. No one would ever see, right? Um, but then I did it again a year later or whatever it was. But I actually, invite, I, I let that physio train with me for free. A different physio was here, right? Um, and then that physio was like one of the team, you know, one of the people there. And they were basically friends with, they're basically part of the boot camp, Right. And the, the clients didn't know that person wasn't paying. You know, they just saw them as another member who was a physio and that was a lot more successful there. So I think the more kind of collaborative you can make it, the better. Um, but Hamish, I want to move on to point number three. So we've got point yes. number one, which was bone density, the things we can do there, impact training, resistance training. The second point was to be careful about prolapse and the things we can do there, um, sending to a pelvic floor specialist, strengthening pelvic muscles and just being um, kept, um cautious of it and knowing the questions to ask point number three let's take a quick break 
When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Point number three, I'd have to say prioritizing um, rest and recovery. Mm-hmm. So I, I touched on this last week, the rising of um, cortisol, and that your clients in this time might be part of the Panini generation. Have you heard of this, Jono? I haven't, no. <laughs> the panini generation, that's when your kids are sandwiching you and giving you stress and then your parents are sandwiching oh, you and giving you okay. stress and you're kind of stuck in the middle dealing with these stresses of, of family. And, mm-hmm. you know, let's face it, women are still shouldering the, the bulk of caring responsibilities in the home um, and also household duties. So um, women have got a lot of shit on, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if you are loading them up um, and, you know, not taking that into consideration, you will be impacting on their cortisol. Now, one of the key reasons they will start exercising and find time to squeeze it into their busy schedule is they've started to put on weight. They've got that perimenopause weight gain. So they're like, oh, you know, when I was younger, I just used to eat less and move more. So I'm going to, you know, eat less and I'm going to, I'm going to go and see a personal trainer. And I've got a bit more money now. So I'm going to go and spend that money. I'm going to stick with them. But if they are caned within an inch of their life, you might find that they put on more weight just as a way of the body dealing with that extra cortisol. Mm. So I want to put it out there that the training systems that you used for younger women to get the um, results that they wanted don't necessarily work for women going through perimenopause and that drop of estrogen and that heightened cortisol. So some really great tips are to check in with your client before they start how did you sleep last night if they were sweating doing night sweats and they've dragged themselves there because you know whatever reason um then be ready to switch it up and to do some more restorative um, training and movement. Do they need to move? Absolutely. Everyone needs to move. You know the benefits of exercise. We're not about sending them home and saying, look, you know, go and have a nap. It is about getting them moving. But with that as well, you might have to educate them on the importance of the fact that Caning them right now is not going to help them achieve their goals. Right. You know, um, just everyone wants a piece of them, right? Everyone wants a piece of them to, to do stuff, whether it's at work, at home, you know, and so they come to you and if you can give them back a piece, then you're going to fill their cup. 
So it might be going for a walk together where they can talk to you or it may be doing breathing exercises or some gentle yoga or whatever you are skilled at delivering. Some um, rolling, some... some um, oh, yeah. Totally, totally. Just mobility movements with not necessarily any weight. Um, but getting that movement, you know, so that they leave, giving you a high five, I feel good, mm. rather than, oh, God, I'm, I'm trashed. Mm. So, you know, really looking at um, the, you know, and also talking about sleep hygiene as well. You know, and some of the things you could do as well is have a challenge within your within your um, within your setting. I hate saying gym because people work in all different places, but having a sleep challenge. So, you know, I mean you can just Google or I've, I've written one of the only challenges I think I'll win, Mish. I usually lose, you know, the, the plank challenge and the you know, the squat challenge, but the sleep challenge. I think that's one I can actually, you know, look Nail. forward to and win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the naps, I the naps count in there because I'll win for sure if, you can, if I can keep my nap time. <laughs> uh, you're obviously not suffering from hot flushes. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah I, don't, um, I don't think I'm menopausal. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you're me menopausal, we call yeah, it for yeah, you, yeah, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, there are lots of... Um, Lots of other things that can help with sleep hygiene. So, for example, cutting back on alcohol or coffee, um, you know, making sure it's a darkened room. They don't have their devices. So, you know, a, a sleep hygiene, um, uh, you know, challenge might be, yeah. okay, here's all these things that support you having a better night's sleep. You know, your challenge is to do one yeah. for a week and see how that affects. So, you know, there's lots of ways that, you know, you can help them that are completely within your scope of practice that bump you up as a, you know, an empathetic um, and tuned in trainer. You know, this kind of stuff, remember the other, the other thing is that women this age have more money mm -hmm. usually and they have, they're not going to dance off to the next bright thing that, you know, the next opportunity that opens up around the corner. They want, they will pay money because health is important and they will have loyalty. So find ways to, to help build that loyalty by offering more than just, you know, giving them a caning. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, and I love that topic of recovery. I think that for everyone listening, that's a good topic to look into in general because that's just getting more and more popular. And on both sides of the spectrum as well, if you're on that athletic side of things, the quicker they can recover, the better. But the general public as well, the quicker they can recover, um, the better too. Now, I wanted to touch on, I wanted to finish up on something you, you touched on there earlier, Mish, which is around the marketing side of things. So let's say someone's look is currently working with this demographic or looking to work with it. Can you give us like a marketing tip on how we can either, I guess, get in front of this demographic or some of the things we can maybe say to this demographic if we are in front of them that are like, oh, you know, Mish knows us. Mish is speaking to me. I got to, I'm going to work with her. So I, I did 
mentioned it before a, a sentence and um to me if you're if you're not saying this or using this in your marketing speak you are leaving money on the table and Jono you don't like leaving any money on the table do you I like money no. yeah, yeah. Uh, and and all everyone who's and it's not just money it's also about you know growing your business and making more of a difference but um just saying point blank that the the training that you did as a as a woman before going into perimenopause will not serve you now yeah. it, that's that the same the that's things that you head. used to do the <laughs> things that you used to do yeah. yeah the things you used to do won't get you the same results now we've talked about why that is yeah. so you need to come with me and I will show you a new way of training that is going to work you know, for you and your time of life, because I understand what you're going through. It doesn't matter if I haven't had lived experience, if I'm a man or, you know, perimenopause and menopause is way in my future. You know, I am comfortable enough to have those conversations. I have the relationships with other allied health or other people to answer the questions that I that I can't answer. Mm. Um, but yeah, I want you to know that the that the things that worked when you were younger don't work now. That's so good. I'm a headline guy. I was speaking to Mish beforehand, you know, because all my marketing is just. How can I get this person to open this email or to read this Facebook post or whatever it is? And that is a good headline. because And you can use it in many different ways and follow up with many different things. That's could, right. That could be a weekly, a weekly podcast, a weekly Facebook Live, a weekly blog, and the, the heading is the same. You know, the things you used to do are no longer going to work. And then one week you speak about estrogen. One week you speak about resistance training. One week you speak about impact training. One week you speak We're about... Safe. Sleep, you know, one week cortisol, you know, there's just so many options. So love that. Um, yeah. Mish, that's pretty much everything I wanted to cover. For everyone listening, if, the, if you're interested in this topic or this demographic, Mish has a course on it, which is registered with Fitness Education Online. It's currently on special. If you're interested, check out the show notes. I'll have the link and the, um, the coupon code in there. Um, Mish, is there anything I should have asked you but forgot to? um i don't think so um we talked about dry vagina last week didn't we mm-hmm. so yeah we, we just i brought that one up yeah you did just mm-hmm. some good lube sort set out i suppose i just want to say that if um someone's listening to this and they have a, a question just to reach out because um mm-hmm. i love getting questions they help me write blogs yeah. and i like writing so um if you give me a great question i can write a great blog in response and if i'm lucky john might even publish it on his site I would love to give us some um, where do we reach out to you mish facebook instagram blog yeah um so uh, on instagram i am mishfit or evolution.online that's e-v-e-o-l-u-t-i-o-n evolution.online um or just you know reach out our old-fashioned email and it's easy to remember hello at mishwright.com go and check out my website awesome and i'll put those links in the show notes as well um mish that's it from my end thank you very much for your time thank you Jono. wonderful thank you for listening if you liked this show share it with your friends subscribe on itunes and leave us a five-star review 
For show notes and free training on how to grow your fitness business, visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Well, check out Mealsy, the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can say goodbye to countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian meal planning web app is designed to save you time and effort so you can focus on what really matters, your clients and their success. Mealsy provides you with a vast library of recipes all created by nutrition professionals. From breakfast to dinner and everything in between, we've got you covered. Whether you want to create a custom meal plan tailored to your client's needs or choose from our selection of ready-made meal plans, Mealsy has the flexibility to accommodate your preferences. So why waste precious time and energy creating meal plans from scratch? Let Mealsy do the heavy lifting for you while you focus on delivering exceptional fitness services. Join the community of fitness professionals who have revolutionized their business with Mealsy. Visit our website at www.mealsy.com and sign up today. Mealsy, the smarter way to meal plan for fitness professionals.